When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, November 2nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's Cal Quantrill Day here on the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we are in the process of breaking down uh, every player on Cleveland's 40-man roster, and we'll do that throughout the month of November. Uh, yesterday, we did Jose Ramirez. Today, we are going to talk about Cal Quantrill, the savior of the the rotation in 2021, uh, the, the guy that came in as part of the Mike Clevenger trade uh, during the 2020 season and just really had himself quite the year where he started off in spring training and you didn't know what this guy was going to be this year. And it turns out he was the guy that, that you know, sort of held, he's, he's like Atlas. He held the rotation on his shoulders <laughs> for the second half of the season, uh, just like the, uh, the, the Greek god Atlas. Uh, um, what, uh, what do you make of Cal Quantrill's season in 2021? Yeah, Joe, it was really, you know, just a, you know, a testament to perseverance, I guess, you know, the guy, you know, spends most of the last winter in Goodyear, you know, training, uh, to be a, a, a to competing for a starting spot, doesn't win the starting spot, uh, opens in the bullpen, you know, does a great job in the bullpen. 1.88 ERA in 18 games <clears throat> as a reliever. And then suddenly, uh, you know, the bull, the uh, rotation falls apart with Bieber, Plesak, uh, uh, and Cle and Savali going on the uh, injured list. And, you know, out from the ruins of that comes uh, Quantrill and just did a great job as a starter. Yeah, and it wasn't just that. He, he did a great job as, as a start. He was competitive. He, he gave the Indians a chance to, or <clears throat> gave the club a chance to win every night. And that was sort of that you hear uh, Tito say that over and over again about guys like Bieber and Savali and, and, and police act to a degree. Uh, it was that it was the fact that Quantrill was the, the only sure thing in that rotation for, you know, more than a couple of months. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that, um, you know, he started off slow. He had to get stretched out again, just like, you know, most of the, the new guys in the rotation had to get stretched out again. He went from, you know, three innings to four innings to five innings. And uh, by the second half, I mean, this guy was, you know, one of the best starters in baseball. He went seven and one with a 1.94 ERA and 14 starts. After the break, uh, you know, 78 Ks, 27 walks. I mean, the guy was a legitimate. If he had been, if he had been doing this from opening day, he was a legitimate Cy Young contender. And uh, you know, and it's just uh, so encouraging, Joe, for for next year. What you know, this guy has has locked down a spot, I think, in that rotation. 
Yeah, you, you've got to imagine that whatever discussion uh, about the Indians starting rotation heading into spring training, uh, Guardians starting rotation, I guess, uh, it, it has to include uh, among those top four now, uh, Bieber, Savali, Plesak, and Quantrill, uh, with, with Tristan McKenzie obviously having, you know, not done himself any, you know, harm in that regard. He, he should also be, also be in that conversation. Uh, just like you said, the, the sort of the tale of, of, of two halves of the season, uh, it was, it, it was what, around the, the all-star break, I, I believe that, that he really just sort of kicked it in and, 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 and went into gear. Um, just looking at the numbers here over his last 14 starts, he had a 1.94 ERA, a seven and one record, 88 innings pitched, 78 strikeouts, 27 walks. And his, uh, his opponent opposing batting average of, of 204, just, just really what you expect from a frontline ace starter and what you look for in, in that, uh, type of thing. He was, he was really the most reliable thing in the Indians rotation. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see how he worked, Joe. He, he, he really didn't strike out a whole lot of guys. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was Max Scherzer out there. You know, he was just making pitches. You know, he struck out 121 guys in, in uh, 149 and two third innings, you know, which, you know, is, is, is are good numbers, but not, it's, it doesn't blow you away, but, uh, he just got, he kept getting stronger and stronger. And it looked like he went from that five innings to six innings to seven innings. And by the end of the season, uh, you know, DeMarlo Hale was, he was his guy. He was his horse that he was riding. And Joe, you know, when you look at his uh, kind of his month by month breakdown in in the second half, um, you know, I think his record could have been better. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was 2-0 with a 1.42 ERA in six starts in August, which, you know, just <clears throat> the Indians kind of, you know, offensively were struggling and he, you know, he, he, he was still pitching well, but <clears throat> I think a lot, some of those games could have gone his way and he, you know, his, his record would have been better than eight and three. Yeah. As we uh, get a little deeper here into our conversation about Quantrill, we'll, uh, we'll talk about some of the things he could do better. And I, I think, uh, you know, one of those is, is, is sort of, uh, pitch efficiency and and the ability to get deeper into games but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute here uh 2022 contract status for cal quantrill it still remains to be seen whether he's going to to be qualified as a super two and then he would be eligible for arbitration already uh i i, I believe we, we still haven't gotten the cutoff date on uh the service time for that but it all signs pretty much point to quantrill you know being eligible for arbitration this year right yeah, I think he's got a great chance. Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at his uh, how much how much time he's got. Uh, let's see. It's one year plus uh, <clears throat> his service time. It, it, he's about two years and 132 days. Yeah, so uh, he's right there. I bet you know he's got yeah. a great chance of being eligible. Yeah, and and that would put him into arbitration. Uh, MLB trade rumors has uh, 2.8 as the, you know, guess as to what he would make in his first year of arbitration. 
maybe the Indians, uh, maybe Cleveland looks at him and, and says, you know, we offer him a, a, a contract of some sort. But uh, again, is this a guy that you, you now fold into your idea or your concept of uh, building a core of young players? Is this a guy you want to do that for and offer him a contract? Yeah, I, I <clears throat> you know, I, I'm trying to think, uh, um, you know, would they do it with Savali? Would they do it with Plesak? Would they do it with Quantrill, a guy that, you know, you've seen, okay, you know, yes, he had a great second half. Yes, you know, he's, he really stepped to the forefront here. Can he do it again? You know, do, do you invest in, in, a, in, a, in an arm like this or, or do you want to see him, see him do it again? And, you know, that, that's the, uh, you know, the, the, the double-edged sword there. If he does it again, maybe he tells you to take a hike and he, and he rides it out and becomes a free agent. Right. Uh, I mean, the idea is there maybe if, if you can't sign Bieber to an extension, if you can't extend a Bieber, could you take the money that you would give to Bieber and devote it to signing Savali, Plesak, and Quantrill, or, or Savali, Plesak, and McKenzie? Uh, you know, because because you know what you you can get them for maybe a little bit uh, uh, cheaper here than you would be able to get Bieber. And you know, if if Bieber goes after the after he's through with arbitration, then you 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 go with that. Uh, just the possibility that maybe you get three instead of one. That's you know that's a way of looking at it, definitely. Um, and. The thing that, that was impressive about him, Joe, I think, was, you know, he's got like a, a five-pitch mix. He's a lot like Savali in that regard. You know, he's got a lot of pitches. And, you know, if, if one isn't working, he can go to the other one. I, I was looking at uh, his pitch mix, and, you know, his, his main pitch is a sinker. He threw that you know, through 854 sinkers, 718 sliders. 339 four-seam fastballs, 321 change-ups, and 102 curveballs. And, you know, he's throwing between, you know, probably around 95 to and uh, 81.3 miles an hour. So, you know, that's a good variety of speeds. And, uh, and he's not afraid to use all those pitches. Yeah, he's not your typical, you know, like power pitcher. He's not a very big guy. He's not a power pitcher. He does have to rely on his pitches and his mix to – to uh, to get him through some innings, uh, I, I remember Carl Willis during the season talking about Quantrill's sinker and just saying, you know, that, that his his arm was touched by God. His his uh, he he has a natural gift uh, in throwing that sinker. The movement that he gets just throwing the ball naturally uh, is it's it's a gift, and and that's how uh, you know Carl Willis described it. So he's always going to, to go back to and always going to rely on that sinker as, as sort of his bread and butter pitch. But it's, you know, can he work around when he doesn't have command of the off-speed pitches, when he doesn't have command of the changeup uh, early in games that, that sort of got him into trouble a little bit uh, as he was transitioning from the bullpen? That's where we saw him have those long innings. That's where we saw him have those long early innings and you know this is a guy who doesn't like to come out of games he's he is very much an old school type pitcher you know it's he he believes as a starter he should go as long as he can and stay out there as long as he can he did not like getting pulled out of games as early as he was when they were trying to protect him 
once he got to the point where it wasn't in the back of his mind that his his pitch count was was climbing every game, uh, you know, and that he was going to have to be worried about only going four innings, you know, he actually became a much better pitcher. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, once uh, they built that trust between Tito and him and then uh, DeMarlo Hale and him uh, that, uh, you know, you could extend him, that you could give him, you know, one more batter, one more inning, uh, you know, it, it seemed to uh, work, but he, it, it, that worked out well, but he had to earn that, you know, he had to earn that and show him he could do that. And you're, you're right, Joe, the sinker is his best pitch. Uh, you know, he, the opposition at 238 against it. So it's not a bad pitch to throw when, if that's your main, if that's your go-to pitch. You know, and, and we saw him also on several occasions. Uh, not only is he an old school pitcher, but he's also uh, fiery, emotional. Uh, you know, we, we, we've gotten so used to seeing Trevor Bauer out there, you know, pumping his fist and screaming and, you know, the antics and all that. Uh, it, it doesn't seem as much as showy, you know, out of Quantrill, but, but it's still there. I mean, he, I remember uh, a, a, a game early. It was, I believe it was May. Uh, where he was in Chicago and uh, came in in relief, got a big strikeout of Yasmani Grandal and, you know, pumped his fist, screamed into the dugout as he came off the field. And it, it kind of raised a couple of eyebrows because, you know, at, at the time the, the Indians and the, the White Sox were playing neck and neck and had been really competitive. Uh, just the, uh, the emotion and the fire that he plays with, it's got to be good to see as well. Yeah, he doesn't apologize for that either. I, that's what I like. That's what I like about him. He goes, that's some, that's part of the game. He goes, I might have to kind of tone it down until I get into the dugout. You know, I've got to remember that sometimes. But, you know, that's that's the way he's feeling. You know, that's the way the, the game goes sometimes. And, you know, he lets it out. And uh, he's kind of a, a straight shooter, too. You know, he's a, he, he doesn't try to hide his feelings. So, uh that's good to see. Good to see. You know, we you, pitchers are so different. You know, you got Corey Kluber who never tips his cap. You know, Savali's kind of like that. Uh, you know, Plesac, uh, you know, maybe maybe kind of in the middle. But uh, and then you've got, uh, you know, you've got Quantrill. So it's, it's interesting to see how each guy handles performances, whether they're good or they're bad. Yeah, I think the highlight of the season for him was probably pitching in that uh, that Little League Classic game in Williamsport. Uh, against the the Angels, he had a he had a brilliant game uh, that, that that day, and uh, you know really he he pitched well, and uh, the, the bullpen came in. Uh, Karen Check, I remember, was a little little shaky that night, but uh, Class A came in, saved the day on for for everybody. Uh, Quantrill that night really sort of upped his stock, I think, with a national audience getting to see the, what he was able to do. And the way he was able to handle a, a, a lineup that didn't have Mike Trout, but it still had Shohei Otani and, and David Fletcher. And, you know, he performed really well that night. Uh, where does this set him up now for moving into the future with Indians rotation? He goes into spring training. I got to believe, you know, with the idea that he's if, if nothing changes, he's got a spot in the starting rotation. Oh yeah, I think so. I think for sure, Joe. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. It's a long winter. Um, you know, they're going to make some trades. You're going to, you know, they've got to add some offense to this team. But I think Quantrill's earned a spot in the rotation. To me, where what spot is it? Is it is he is he going to be uh, 
is he going to be number two? Is he going to be number three? Is he going to be number four? You know, and, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, with, uh, you know, behind Bieber, you got to figure Bieber's the number one, you know, mm -hmm. coming out. But we still don't know. We haven't seen Bieber at full strength since June. And we haven't seen the Savali at full strength since June. Well, well, let me ask you then. what If you had right now, and this is, granted, this is November, if you had to put what the Indi what what Cleveland has uh, right now on the forty man roster in a rotation, what what what's your top five guys? Who are your top five guys that you're putting in? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I've got to go Bieber, probably uh, Quantrill, Savali, uh, Plesac, and and McKenzie. Yeah, all, all things being equal, I would probably just flip flop uh, Savali and, and Quantrill only because of the experience factor. We've seen Savali yeah. do it, uh, you know, more than once. And we know that a healthy Savali is out there. He's, he's a number two guy on that in that rotation. I, I think as far as ceiling goes, I think Fleasek's a guy who, if he's healthy and consistent, he could be your number two. He's, he's the most athletic of those pitchers. But uh, I, I think Bieber, Savali, then Quantrill, Fleasek, who's – who's been up and down the last couple of years, just because uh, whether it's between the years or not, I, I don't know. And then, uh, and then McKenzie still, this is a, a big year for him coming in to, to prove that, you know, the, the flashes that we saw this past season aren't, uh, you know, just, you know, th that they are reality. I think, I think he's got it in there to, to do that. He's got to do it against more than just Detroit though. I think uh, I, I need to see him in a, in a big game as well. <laughs> Yeah, and Joe, what do you think when you look back at the uh, trade that brought, you know, Quantrill here, you know, for Mike Clevenger, what, when you look at the whole, the, the full, the big picture of that trade, what do you think about, it? you know, the oh, different bust, people they right? got? What, what a bust that that trade was, right? <laughs> I mean, totally, they, 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 they totally failed on that trade, right? Uh, no, I, well, okay, so who's the, who's the best player so far out of that out of that trade, it's got to be Quantrill right now, right? Right. Yeah. Quantrill. And no one even, and no one at the time even thought thought anything about it. They were like, you know, this guy might make the team. Uh, uh, Naylor sort of an incomplete because of the injury. Uh, Owen Miller, maybe you've got a a four A 4A player there, but uh, really the I think the X factor is going to be uh, Joey Cantillo and to to see if he. Uh, you know, can, can produce. And, you know, maybe, maybe the most productive thing Joey Cantillo uh, is, is for this, this club is a, a trade chip or a trade piece that, that brings up yeah. an outfielder. And then you got a starting catcher probably uh, with Austin Hedges. So, uh, you know, kind of interesting, an interesting trade right there. Yeah. I, I remember at the time of that trade, uh, you know, at least one uh, scout or somebody on, on Twitter somewhere had said, that you know the Indians just robbed the uh, uh, the Padres blind with that trade, and you know it's it's turning out to be you know pretty interesting because what the uh, the Padres didn't have Clevenger for a whole season, and Greg Allen is now in the minors somewhere in uh, for the Yankees. Yeah, right, right. So it, it, it's it's you know it's going to be it, and then you know we haven't even really seen Arias yet, so you know right. that's going to be that's going to be an interesting guy who. You know, is really highly rated amongst their uh, prospects. Right. All right. Well, uh, overall, what do we what what grade do we give uh, 
Cal Caroncho this year. What was the grade that you gave him in your, your postseason report card? I, th- I was, I was, uh, you know, I was impressed. I gave him an A plus. He was ahead of the class. Gave him an A plus. <laughs> Boy, I wish I went to, I wish I went to school with the Hoynes. I mean, it, there's no way Jackie's as easy a grader as you are. That, that's no, she definitely plus. not. <laughs> I, I am, I am sure that uh, Mrs. Hoynes was was much tougher on her students. Uh, I, you know, I'll go with a solid B. I'll go with a solid B for uh, for Quantrill. There's there's room for improvement, room at the top. I think he can get uh, a lot better and a lot uh, deeper and more consistent in the games. And and once we see him as a starter and how he profiles for a whole season, that's it. It could be interesting. Could be fun to watch. All right, uh, that is Cal Quantrill in a nutshell. And we will be back again tomorrow uh, with number three on our list. Uh, that'll be Emmanuel Class A uh, here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Hoinsey, good to talk to you. Good thing. Thanks, Joe.